the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today, here on Abounding Grace, we'll spend some time looking at what it means to be free according to the Bible. Verses 14 and 15 of Galatians chapter 5, Paul warns us about interpreting freedom as a, a license to do whatever we want, whether it's good or bad. Well, today on the program, Pastor Gary Wagner talks about freedom in Christ, and that is a freedom to actually obey a law, the law of God, which is impossible for us to do if we're not in Christ. It is a standard by which we distinguish right from wrong, this law. And today, Pastor Gary Wagner explores this in depth. Won't you join us? From Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose, here's Gary with today's broadcast. We are in the midst now of studying what it means to be free, to be free in Christ. That subject is an important one, and yet it is a controversial one in a culture like ours, where most people do not want to be free. And as a result, are not free, but are slaves to sin and slaves to man in all kinds of ways. As we saw last week, there are some in our culture who do want freedom, but what they call freedom is the exact opposite of freedom. For to them, freedom is the freedom from any restraints on me, any moral boundaries on my life, so that I can do whatever my heart and my conscience and emotions and impulses dictate for me to do. And, of course, we as Christians know that is not liberty. In fact, it is slavery of the worst sort. It is rebellion against God. So we are spending a good deal of time looking at the subject of freedom, what it means to be free according to the Bible. And we see that the word freedom has three elements. Whenever you look at the word freedom, think of these three words, assurance, uh, deliverance, and empowerment. Last week, we looked at the first two. Today, the Lord willing, we will look at the last, but let's first review. We see in this passage a certainty about things, a certainty about life, a certainty about a person's relationship with God, a certainty and a confidence about having been reconciled with God. Paul said it was for freedom that God set us free. And Paul is certain about being set free by the Lord Jesus Christ. And that confident assurance of salvation and of the favor of God comes, after, comes wave after wave in this passage. So to live in freedom is to live in the certainty that not only is Christ the only Savior of sin, but in the certainty that He is our Savior, that He sets us free. 
He has made us God's children. But until we are sure that though we are guilty of many sins, God has forgiven them all because of Jesus, we will not have the freedom to trust God completely and to obey Him fully until we have liberty, until we have assurance, certainty of salvation, we are easily led back into bondage by any seducer and teacher of a false gospel. We saw also last week that freedom is deliverance. To be free means to be delivered from sin and the accusing conscience that goes with it. We are guilty of having broken God's law, and that makes us liable to his condemnation. Christ delivers us from that guilt by bearing it himself. So freedom is the deliverance from the condemning wrath of God. He is angry with the wicked every day, and we are condemned because we don't believe. So the Lord Jesus Christ came to take that condemnation on himself. He bore God's wrath in our place. He propitiated God's wrath. What we deserve was poured out on him, and he delivered us from the condemning anger of God. So freedom is deliverance from this present evil age, this culture built upon a principle of revolt in which we live, full of its pressures and its seductions and temptations, and all are too great for us to resist in and of ourselves. But remember, greater is he who is in us, the living Christ, than he who is in the world. And hence, because of him, we have deliverance from the seductions of this present evil age. Freedom is deliverance from the bondage of Satan. Satan is a real created being, and he has many superior powers to us as human beings, and he energizes and enslaves and harasses and mistreats those whom he has in his grasp. And we cannot set ourselves free from him in and of ourselves. But Christ dealt a death blow on the cross, and by his death delivered us from the power of death and from he who had the power of death, which is, of course, Satan himself. Freedom in Christ involves deliverance from the tyranny of sin. Sin is not simply what you commit. It is not simply a wrong thought. Sin is a power within you. And a person who is not a Christian is dominated by that power. We still have the power of sin within us, indwelling us, but we as Christians, by virtue of regeneration or the new birth, Christ transforming our lives by the Spirit of God, that hold of sin, the dominion of sin, is broken over us. And now, though we still will be sinners until the day we die, nevertheless, we are delivered from the tyranny of sin. We are also delivered from the evil of afflictions as the temporal punishments of an angry judge, that God does not wait until after death to bring his judgments and punishments upon men. He does it in this life, and he does it in all kinds of forms. But all of the various afflictions that we experience in life as Christians, 
have been transformed because of the Lord Jesus Christ. The punishment for them has been removed. God no longer deals with us as Christians as an angry judge, but as a father who loves us, and because he loves us, he disciplines us and causes everything, everything to work together for good to those who love God. Freedom involves deliverance from the sting of death, a victory over the grave, and a deliverance from everlasting damnation. The Lord Jesus, who died for us on the third day, conquered death himself, was raised from the dead, is coming back to resurrect us from our graves so that we can live in imperishable immortality throughout all eternity. So we can shout with Paul, O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Thanks be to God who gives us the victory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And freedom, particularly in the book of Galatians, is deliverance from the law of God. This is a major emphasis in Galatians. It's speaking of freedom to obey the law of God as a rule of life, a standard by which we distinguish right and wrong in thought and behavior. In verses 13 and 14 of Galatians 5, Paul warns us about interpreting freedom as a license to do whatever we want, whether it is good or bad. So we are not free from God as a standard by which we can tell what is sinful and what is not. But we are free from the curse of the law. The Bible says God's law brings a curse upon all those who break it, for even the smallest infraction. And the Lord Jesus Christ came to bear that curse as our substitute that we might be delivered from it. So we are now free to obey and want to obey the law of God. The freedom that Christ gives is also deliverance from the principle of law as a way of salvation and acceptance with God. Remember, that is the issue of why Paul had to write the book of Galatians to address the Judaizers who said, our standing with God is determined by law and by the good things that we do to merit points with God. Oh, we need the grace of God, but we put our faith in Christ, but we can't do it ourselves. So God provides us with grace to be able to merit and earn salvation for ourselves, which is a frustrating kind of life. It is a powerless kind of life. It is an uncertain kind of life. It is a damning kind of life. And the Bible says the Lord Jesus Christ in salvation by grace through faith has set us free from having to obey the law in order to earn points to get God to like us. Freedom in Christ is also deliverance from the oppressing awareness of our total inability to meet the law's demands. When we try to make points with God, if we are honest with ourselves, we realize the mind set on the flesh is hostile to God. It does not subject itself to the law of God. It's not able to do so. 
And those who are in the flesh cannot ever please God. So we are oppressed with this awareness of our incapability of obeying God's law. And yet that is how so many people believe we are to be saved. Well, we are free from that in Christ. We are free from the law of God as a harsh tutor. The law of God was a tutor. It was a teacher. It wasn't a teacher. It was like a slave in Roman and Greek times who was responsible to get the child from the door of the house to the door of the schoolroom to be taught. A slave was to do whatever needed to be done to get the child there, to drive him there, to whip him there, to even be brutal, to do whatever it took to make sure he got to the door of the classroom. The law of God is that which drives us and beats us and sometimes is severe on us as it drives us to Christ out of ourselves and out of our self-trust. And once you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, Christ sets you free from the severity of this tutorial function of the law of God in your life. The Bible also teaches that Christian freedom implies deliverance from the law as an aggravation of sin. In Romans 7, you see that because of the deceit of our hearts before we were converted, when we read the law of God and he said, don't do that, everything in us was offended. How dare God tell me what not to do? So the law of God aggravates our sins, not because there's anything imperfect about the law, but because there is deceit in our chests. And when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, when he saves us, we have a whole new relationship toward the law of God, a whole new attitude toward the law of God. For by his spirit, he writes his law upon our hearts. And now we love it. Even though we are not faithful in obeying it, it no longer is an aggravation to us. And freedom in Christ means deliverance from all of the Old Testament ceremonial laws. We no longer have to offer up animal sacrifices. Old Testament religion was a bloody religion. They were always slaughtering animals of various kinds. And you had the high priest and all of his regalia, the tabernacle and all of its symbolism. Beloved, can you imagine all of that? All of that blood, all of that regalia, we are free from it. We are free from having to slaughter animals. All of those ceremonial laws have been done away with because they were shadows. And when the reality that cast the shadows, the Lord Jesus Christ came, all of those Old Testament ceremonial laws were no longer necessary because now we have the real thing. In the Lord Jesus Christ. So freedom is assurance. And it is deliverance. Now freedom is thirdly. Empowerment. The freedom that Christ. Purchased for us. By his own blood on the cross. Involves the divine empowering. Of our lives. To live and experience. A certain kind of life. 
It's not only deliverance from certain things, which I just listed, but freedom is also the empowering of our lives to live in, different, in a different way than those who do not have this freedom. And today I want us to focus on three illustrations of how freedom is not only deliverance from certain, certain things, but deliverance to certain things. That is the empowerment, the divine empowerment of your life and of mine as believers to live a certain kind of life and a certain kind of experience. So first of all, freedom in Christ is freedom of access to the living God as his children in the Lord Jesus Christ. There are many verses throughout Scripture that bear this out. Galatians 4 verse 6 says, Because you are sons of God, He has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We are not only adopted into His family, but we have the confidence that we are adopted, and we feel confident that we can come into God's presence and call Him our Father because of Christ. And He will receive us and listen to us. In Ephesians 2.18 it says, And though Christ, and through Christ, we, both Jew and Gentile, have our access in one spirit to the Father. There you see all three persons of the Trinity. Through Christ, that is through His death and resurrection, we have access with God the Father in or by the assistance of the Holy Spirit. But notice this access. Let's say you were the executive of a big corporation and you were having an important board meeting and all of your big investors were there. Say someone wanted to see you just to talk to you a bit. It would probably take a lot of effort and pull to get in to see you because there would be people protecting you from others on the outside who would interfere with this crucial meeting and probably no one could get to you until the meeting was over. And you wouldn't accept any phone calls either. There was no way they could get to you in any way. But if some way or another, your little five-year-old daughter was to run into the room, you would put her on your knee, you would probably kiss her and give her a hug, and then have her taken out. And the point is, she could get to you while no one else could. And that is what freedom in Christ is because of Jesus Christ opening up by his own blood a living way into the presence of Almighty God, God will accept you and you will always have access to God when unbelievers do not. You see, beloved, you have his ear. You have the ear of the creator of the universe, of the one true and living God. Anytime, all the time, the door is open. You have access to God every single day and every hour of every single day. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have our introduction by faith in this grace in which we stand. That's really some verse. It says, having been justified by faith in Christ because of what he did for us on the cross, we no longer are God's enemies. 
We have been reconciled to him. We have peace through the Lord Jesus Christ, who has also introduced us by faith into that grace by which we stand. Christ has introduced us to God. It's as if Jesus took us, who are believers, by the hand right into God's presence and said, Gary Wagner, I want you to meet God. God, I want you to meet Gary Wagner. Can you even imagine having the Lord Jesus Christ introduce you to a God of such grace? And then for you to stand in that gracious and favorable position with God throughout all eternity so that He knows you by name. You know, all of us wish that certain famous people knew us by name. Maybe some politician, a famous athlete or musician. If that person were to walk in here and call you by your name, that would almost, that would most likely make your day. But Jesus introduces us to God. And He knows your name. We are friends. This freedom we have in Christ means that we as His sons and daughters, as His friends, have access to the throne room of God to praise Him, to supplicate Him, to intercede on behalf of our brothers, to confess our sins, to adore Him, to just be close to Him. Freedom in Christ means we have access to God when not one single person in this world does who is not in Christ. Freedom in Christ is also freedom of obedience to God's law. When Christ sets us free, He not only sets us free from the curse of the law, He not only sets us free from our slavery to its condemnation, He not only sets us free from the aggravation that that law brings to our sin, because we are so deceitful, but He also sets us free by the power of His Holy Spirit from our hostility to the law of God, from our hatred of it, from our desire to be our own gods and to live by our own laws. And freedom means that the Lord Jesus Christ, by His Spirit, when He gives us a new heart, when we are born again, He gives us the freedom of willing and glad obedience to do whatever God commands of us in His Word. As our confession says, not out of a slavish fear, but a childlike love and willing mind. And not only having been legally adopted into God's family, but transformed into His children by the work of the Holy Spirit, we now, as free as little children who want to please their parents. Remember when your children were young and they wanted to please you? Uh, sure, there were times when they'd have made a mess of everything and you had to restrain your anger because you actually knew the motive of their hearts was that they wanted to please you. It is a common trait in young children to want to please their parents. And this trait is magnified in the lives of those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and who know themselves to be the sons and daughters of God. They, just as little children, have a great desire in their heart to please their Father in heaven, the living God himself. 
Romans 8, 14, and 15 say, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. That God put the Holy Spirit within our hearts to lead us in an understanding of His Word. To lead us and stimulate us into a glad and willing submission to do whatever the Word of God demands of us. The first four verses of of Romans 8 say, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, because what the law couldn't do, as weak as it was because of human flesh, Christ did and because of the Holy Spirit setting us free from the power of sin and death. We were set free from condemnation when Christ died for us, and the Holy Spirit regenerated us, and all of that was done for us in order that, verse 4, the requirement of the law might be fulfilled, not for us, not on our behalf, though that is true, but in order that, the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, in our lives, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Well, that's all the time we have today. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. If you'd like to review today's broadcast, we would invite you to contact us for a copy of the program. They're available for just $5. Mention today's date and we'll send a CD your way. Here's where to write to us. PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. That's in Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Again, that's PMB number 402, 1484 Pollard Road. Los Gatos, California, 95032 is that address. Our phone number, if you'd rather call, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website is reformedheritage.org, and if you'd like to join us for worship, Sunday services are at 2 p.m. We meet at the Lone Hill Church on 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions at our website, reformedheritage.org, or again, call 408-866-5607. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue our studies in God's Word. Until then, may Christ be your abounding grace. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.